And welcome in to this week's edition of Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network. Ryan the Hacker Green with you. Glad you are with us. Joined as always by Denny Thompson of the Sports Den. Denny, you and I were talking earlier. Spring football all over, uh, really, college football. I guess college is wrapping up. High school football in full swing. But you are a very, very busy man this time of year. Yeah, it's a good time, man. It's a great time of year right now for uh, for our business. So it's we've got our summer schedule set. We've got Elite 11 coming up. We've got, I guess, a couple more Elite 11 regionals. Um, doing the judging thing at Guns and Hoses. Guns and, and Hoses will be a lot of fun, yeah. And I'm supposed to be in Charlotte at 7 o'clock on Sunday morning. Oh, good luck with that. Yeah, so trying to figure that you out. You know, they do serve uh, very tasty libations at Guns and Hoses. I'm going to fly. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, and then uh, and then Nashville in a couple weeks, and then of course the finals in Dallas, and and then all the training here. So it's it's good times, man. And you know what's great is locally here, it's such a good year. I mean, I want to say I don't even off the top of my head. I think we've got nine 2020 quarterbacks with Division One offers or committed right now. Yeah, it's just it's crazy right now. There's a lot of great things going on, no question about it. We are Gator Bites. It is a Gator podcast, so obviously let's begin talking Florida Gator recruiting. We'll get to some of the Gator prospects that will have their names called in the NFL draft this upcoming weekend. But, Denny, in the recruiting game, you know this as well as I do. I've only been covering it for about three years or so. You've obviously been involved a little longer, but it doesn't take a long time to realize the fertile ground that IMG Academy is in Bradenton. And Florida has always tried to infiltrate IMG with very little success. Well, they thought they had that with Josh Griffiths, a defensive end, formerly of Clay High School here locally, transferred to IMG. He was committed to the Gators for about 18 months, decommitted in February, and recently committed to Florida State. In fact, I had a conversation with Josh Gator fans. If you want to find out why he decommitted from Florida, you can check that out on the podcast network. That's the Preps podcast on 1010XL.com. But, Denny, what is it about IMG in Bradenton that Florida just has not been able to figure out yet when it comes to recruiting? You know, I don't know the exact answer to that. I'll say it this way. I don't know that Florida is really camping out at IMG. I don't know that they give any – and I, I don't know this, just the sense I have. But I'll actually ask this week. I don't think they give IMG any more resources from – an availability standpoint or going out there than they give Sandalwood or Trinity or Mandarin or any of those guys. Um, I think there's a couple different ways that you play IMG because you got to realize that's such a hot topic. So if I – And a lot of IMG, I guess we take for granted people know, IMG is basically a, an athletic school. I mean, it's a sports factory. They get you ready for the next level. And a lot of kids, even though it's based in Bradenton, they are not from this part of the country. 90% of them are from all over the country right. except for Brayton. Texas, right? California, you name it, they go and, to IMG. And you go with their tennis and golf and all that, and you're talking about, you know, overseas. It's, it's, it's amazing. I've been there many, many times. So it's, it's, a, it's an amazing place with amazing facilities. But here's the controversial thing is you started seeing guys like – or the whole there's whole states that have said to their schools, you're not allowed to play IMG because IMG doesn't – play by the same rules of most high schools, which they don't. That's why they're not eligible for a state championship in, in the state of Florida. From a college perspective, it's like what do you want to put out there to the other schools? So do, you, do I want to put out there that I am living at IMG, which may affect my relationship with the coach at whoever that IMG just took a player from? Okay, that's interesting. Right. Yeah. At which they're taking players from very big programs. 
or do you want to just kind of play it cool and say, yeah, you know, I'm going to recruit them like every other school, which is, I think is the way that Florida's played it. Do you get the Gator fans' frustrations, though, in that for the last three or four years, a lot of Florida State guys have come out of IMG. Georgia's gone down there, got some guys. Alabama's gone down there and got many, many guys. Now, um, you know, really look all over the place. Texas, uh, Tennessee, kids from IMG are going to these schools, yet I can't think of one that is signed with Florida. Listen, here's the thing. Well, Florida State actually did spring ball there last year. Like, they stayed at IMG and did that. And if you don't think that was for recruiting, then you're crazy. Um, but here's here's the thing about this is you're only – in a good year, you're only allotted 25 scholarships. So IMG may have 13, 14, 15 Division One kids, but there's – three or four hundred that you're interested in for those 25. So because you miss at one score, because we talk about Jacksonville all the time, because you miss in Jacksonville or because you don't recruit South Florida as hard or whatever, that really does not greatly reduce the pool of guys that you have. The one thing that Mullen's done, and I think he's going to have to do better with this, but he's been successful thus far, he's gone out of the state of Florida and recruited. So a lot of the conversations that we have about why is Florida not hitting Jacksonville, well, there's guys up in California and guys up in Pennsylvania going, well, how the hell did Mullen come here and pick this kid? How'd Florida get Chris Steele, right, out right. of California? Right, yeah. so I, I think it's the – I think really to judge recruiting, you almost have to go behind the scenes and see who are the kids they really wanted, and did they get them. Carson Beck, they really wanted. They missed on that one, right? But I also know Anthony Richardson. They really wanted just as badly as they wanted Carson, so they hit on that one. So I think you really have to go behind the scenes. Look at what Clemson's done. Clemson – Clemson recruits for needs every single year. They don't buy into the five-star thing or anything like that. And what happens is your recruiting classes become elite because you become so strong at recruiting that when you offer that kid and he commits, he goes up. He gets a four-star. He gets a fifth-star. That's what happens with Alabama with Clemson. That's why they're always in the top five. It's happening with Georgia now. The interesting thing about recruiting, you look at the 2020 recruiting rankings, all three schools in the Sunshine State, the big three, Miami, Florida, Florida State, all in the top ten. So, Willie Taggart struggled last year in recruiting, appears to be turning that around. They're ranked eighth on the 24-7 composite. The Gators are in the top five. Miami's number four. Mm-hmm. So, Manny Diaz has hit the ground running in Coral Gables. So, as it stands right now, if you're a Hurricane fan, a Seminole fan, or obviously the Gator fans that are listening to Gator Bites here on 1010XL.com, you got to be very happy with what's going on currently for the 2020 recruiting cycle. There's this new thing, too. I say new. Maybe it's two or three years old. Or maybe it's the first year. I don't know. All these years run together. Where You are allowed to take official visits in the spring now. So you used to, you can only take it during a, a certain period. Like when I came out, we took all of our official visits after football season. So you would go that, you know, late December, January, whatever it was on your official visits. And then it started becoming, okay, the fall. Well, now – because of early enrollment, early signing, and all that, they're letting you take these official visits in the spring. I think that's why we're seeing more of these people flip, more of these kids flip. I don't like that because I've had college coaches tell me, yeah, we had a kid in for an official, but he don't have a committable offer, and if you're, you still only get five. Mm-hmm. So if you take all five in the spring and nothing comes out of those five, what are you going to do? Well, you may have just answered the question, but here we are in April. We're eight months away from the first signing period. Eight months. 
Florida's got 10 commitments already. That's a lot. That's almost half the class with eight months to go until the first signing period. Do you think that's the reason why more officials in the spring, kids just want to get it done sooner to focus on their senior year? Whatever it is that's happening, it's different than it was five years ago. A lot more kids are committing very, very early. So the whole thing has changed now. So now if you want to talk about what Florida's doing right now that the spring's over, they're, they're prepping for camps. Right, and they have camps and camps and camps and camps and camps, and ninety percent of the kids, no, ninety-eight percent of the kids that roll through that camp will never go to the University of Florida. They don't want them. There's that two percent that they want really badly, and they have them come, and it's it's almost a way to. They don't really participate that much in the camp. It's almost a way to go and see the 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 facilities. That's why guys commit. A, they don't want to do the camps, and B, if they do the camps, they want to be helping the recruiting. Um, you know, I, you look at Jeff Sims, you look at Carson, you look at Anthony Richardson. Um, they're full-fledged recruiting for their schools now. I mean, full-fledged recruiting. Every single day they're on Twitter, they're on the phone talking about, hey, come on, come on, come on, come on, come um, on. I think that's why you're seeing it. And then the loss of the the drama of signing day. Like, kids aren't addicted to that anymore. Back when we didn't have social media the way it is now, that was your 15 minutes of fame. Sure. Now you got kids coming out with blue check marks. Right, I mean, it's 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 crazy. Fred Davis committed on the sports den a couple weeks ago. The next day, he had a, a blue check mark on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just it's it's just kind of the way it is. They're they're over the fame part of it. Now, let me get to where I'm going to go and let me try to win a national championship. That is Denny Thompson. I'm the hacker Ryan Green. This is Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network. You know, back when Steve Spurrier was the coach of Florida, the fun and gun, everything that he brought with him to Gainesville. He also brought a little swagger, a little um, bravado, a little poke the bear, if you will. You can't spell citrus without UT, (laughs) free shoes university when it came to Florida State. Gator fans just completely ate that stuff up. Even Urban Meyer wouldn't even refer to Florida State. What do you call them? The school out west. Gator fans, I think you like that sort of thing. Obviously, you got enough, none of that with Muschamp or McIlwain. Actually, maybe a little with Muschamp. Yeah. You didn't get any of that with McIlwain, certainly. But Dan Mullen in year two, poking the bear a little bit. Had some things to say about Florida State. Obviously had the 39,476 remark about the attendance at the Orange and Blue game. Obviously, that wasn't the attendance. That was a direct shot at Georgia because it's been 39 years since the Dogs won a national title, 476 games in that time frame. Kudos to Mullen for figuring that out and doing that Mullen research. Didn't figure that or out. somebody did yeah. it. And it went, um, probably Mullen asked them to do it. But Mullen's poking the bear a little bit. And I think Gator fans are eating it up. I think they're enjoying it. Okay. You're not? Now, here's my thing with this. I know it's a Gator podcast. I'm about to piss some people off. I'm okay with that. I'm good with that. Because I said this on our show the other day. You, you can't take this. Like, if I'm a Georgia fan, I'm laughing right now. There is nothing in football that Florida has over Georgia right now. Nothing. Literally nothing. Not a running record, not head-to-head wins lately, not facilities, not recruiting. There is literally nothing. When when Spurrier did that. They got We Are the Boys, Denny. It's important that, to remember that. I'm talking about over Georgia, right? Like So when Spurrier did that, he was beating all those teams. Mm-hmm. He was beating the brakes off of Tennessee. Right, he was beating Georgia. He was beating all those guys when Urban was doing it. He was beating all those guys. It's like for me, it almost seems like, and I love Damo, but it almost seems like, hey, I'm trying to get us back in the conversation with Georgia and whatever. If it if it works, it works. I can tell you this: 
George ain't even paying attention to it. Kirby was asked about it, I believe, on Atlanta radio. Didn't even really acknowledge it. Said he heard it but had no comment, didn't want to play the game. Uh, I, look, as a media guy, I think it's great. Gives us fodder to talk about. Certainly, it'll be asked at SEC Media Days. It'll obviously come up the week of the cocktail party. I think it's fun. It's another storyline. I don't think Georgia's going to use it as bulletin board material. Oh, gosh. I had so many Georgia fans on Twitter, like, hit me up, and then one that works in the building here. Of course. Uh, the K-Kong. Yeah, talking about it and stuff like that. And I'm just like, guys, that's like Florida State taking jabs at Clemson right now. It's like it, you just it, – it's not to be taken serious. Well, now, hold on one second. Now, we, we did this on XL Primetime. Are you saying that right now Florida is to Georgia what Florida State is to Clemson? No. I'm saying that neither one of them have had success against the other one lately. Okay. That's it, fair. Not I, a, I mean, I think the gap between Florida and Georgia is significantly smaller Agree. than Florida State-Clemson. Agree. Agree. It's not nearly as big of a gap. Like, so, if you were going to bet on this – on who would beat the other one first? You'd bet Florida would beat Georgia before Florida State beats Clemson? Yes. I probably would, too. I probably would, too. Yeah. I'm just – I don't know. Like, take your shots at, at Florida State. You, you, you beat them last year. You can't take your shot at Kentucky or Missouri. Right. Take your shots where you want to take them, but that one just seems a little weird to me. I don't know. Yeah. Know. Well, no, you know, look, fodder in the, in the month of April, I'll absolutely take it when it comes to the world of college football. Um, you know, we can talk about Florida. You talk about the schedule, and we'll get into this more as we get into the summer months. Obviously, Miami, that's the first thing up. We're about four months away from the Hurricanes and the Gators. Hurricanes had their spring game in Orlando. Now, I know you're not very high. I don't think I'm putting words in your mouth. You're not very high on Tate Martell. But based on what you've heard out of spring drills, what you might have seen uh, in the highlights of the spring game, still the same opinion yeah. of Tate Martell, yeah. the new Miami quarterback, yeah, who we so. think is going to be the Miami quarterback? Yeah, I don't think he will be. I don't think he will be when they play Florida. I think it'll either be um, the guy that started, Nikosi Perry or Jaron Williams. Yeah, I, I'm high on Jaron Williams. I, I, I know Jaron. And Jaron is a, a good football player and a smart kid and just – Probably everything that those other guys are not from the – he's going to think his way through a game, and he's going to put you in good situations. Um, I just – I don't, for the life of me, I can't see the Tate Martell thing unless you feel like your offensive line is going to be so bad that you need – because Tate is insanely athletic. Unless you feel like you're going to need that guy just to make out-of-the-ordinary plays, then, yeah, they'll roll with Tate. But if you feel like you're good around him, I don't think he makes those around him better. I, I, I think – Perry and, and, and Williams make, make them better. Um, but from what I've heard at practice, he's been wildly inaccurate. Uh, so I'm not real sure what's going to go on with Tate Martell. My, my gut is that Tate Martell will be one of those names that a year, two years from now, we go, oh, yeah, that's right. I remember he transferred. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying that in a bad way for Miami. I think they have talent on the roster. I just don't think it's Tate Martell. We'll see Miami and Florida to kick off the year on August the 24th in Orlando. Finally, Denny. Again, Denny Thompson, Ryan the Hacker Green here with you. Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network. Finally, 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 it is NFL Draft Week. Oh, yes. We have been talking a lot about 
the NFL draft. And that's what happens when your NFL team has an eight-game losing streak in the months of October and November. I forgot it was You're out games. of contention pretty early. So around Halloween, it was all about the draft. I'm going to give you, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. I'm going to give you six Florida Gators. Let's go. That'll hear their name called. Give me 30 seconds. What kind of pro will these Florida Gators be? We'll start from the bottom up. Again, these aren't all the Gators that are drafted. I just pick six and we'll go with it. Martez Ivy. What kind of pro NFL player will Martez Ivy be? He'll play seven to eight years in the league, um, eventually be a starter and be a good contributor. So do you think he'll have a better NFL career than he had in Gainesville? Yeah. And and I I actually agree with that. Why, why, if that happens, why will that happen? Size, um, attention to detail that you don't get in college because of the hours rule and all that kind of stuff. And, and in, in the pros, you're being taught by pros, not just pro coaches, but other people at your position group pros. Um, so I, I think people are going to put the time into Ivy, and I think you're going to see um, his – what everybody thought he was going to be, I think you're going to see it come to fruition. Maybe he's not going to be like a Pro Bowl guy, I don't think, but he'll definitely be a good roster guy for you know the next – better part of a decade I agree I think he'll be a fantastic teammate too his five-star brother and the only two five stars McIlwain got in his tenure at Florida Ivy was one CC Jefferson was the other one I think CC's limitation Denny you and I have talked about it you can't I mean you guys got a lot of heart guy guy will play hard at the end of the day that's all great but it does come down to size, and CC's lacking in some areas yeah I, I, I think there's too many things that can't be fixed with CC I don't I don't think like, have you heard anything about him? Um, I mean, when you look at mock drafts, you're scrolling down. Yeah, yeah. I did one last night, a full seven round that he wasn't in. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I think when you're a five star guy and your name's already on the lips of scouts and all that kind of stuff, and you're still not in the draft conversation, it probably tells you a lot. Here's a guy you scratch your head about. All the mock drafts three months ago, this guy was in the top fifteen. Yeah. Apparently, goes to the combine was horrific. And now who knows what to make of Ja'Kai Polite. Ja'Kai Polite had a very good junior year at Florida. I think he should have come out. I think it was the right decision to come out. And then he just, for lack of better terminology, pooped the bed at the combine. Word got out on him. He interviewed terribly. And now, Denny, I don't know what to make out of Ja'Kai Polite moving forward. I think James Coleman, my co-host on Sports Den, is right on Ja'Kai Polite. And, we've, and he and I have both seen this a million times. He's a guy that don't like football. He's not in love with the process. He's not in love with football. He loves the games, and he loves what football does for him, specifically in Gainesville, right? But now you get to the offseason where it's really time to grind, and he just doesn't love the game. And, and I, I think, like, Ja'Kai Polite is one of those dudes where it's not a value pick. It's he's on your board or he's off your board, period. Like, if I don't like him in the second round, I don't like him in the sixth round because I don't believe he's going to make it and I'm going to take somebody who loves the game before I take him. If he's on my board, then I'm going to go ahead and take him whenever the value's right. Is Jarvis Moss an interesting comparison for him? Jarvis Moss was a guy, had a lot of athletic talent, was actually drafted in the first round by Denver, but maybe was a kind of similar guy, didn't love the game, had great athletic ability, just didn't love the game, kind of flamed out in the yeah, league a couple yeah. of years afterwards. Probably so. I didn't. Th- I never thought about that. Probably so. There's so many of these guys that d- that are like this, that are, man, I, I, I love playing. I love being in front of 90,000 people. I love signing autographs. I love all that kind of stuff. But when nobody's watching, which is 90% of the time, I'm really not that in love with the game. 
Final three guys we're going to talk about for the Gators will begin Jordan Scarlett. Uh, I believe I told you last week, I think he's Marion Barber. I think Jordan Scarlett's going to be a guy that you look at, and he's going to have five or six good years as an NFL running back. He's tough. He's physical. He'll run between the tackles. I think somebody potentially in the third, fourth round might get a steal with him. I, I completely agree. Completely agree with everything you just said. I think Jordan Scarlett, I'd love to see him in the Jags uniform. Absolutely love to. Um, I, I think he's going to be a very good, very productive NFL player by NFL running back standards. Talking to you over the last couple of weeks, I know you're very, very high on this next guy. And it's actually the final two guys are both Coco guys under yep. Coach Wilkinson down there. One's Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is a young man that really bled orange and blue. There was never any doubt that he was going to go to Gainesville. He loved everything about being a Gator. I wish Chauncey Gardner-Johnson nothing but the best, and I think he's another guy that's going to play for a decade in the National Football League. I would not be surprised if we watch late on Thursday night and somebody takes Chauncey Gardner-Johnson in the first round. Sneaks into the end of the first round. The opposite of what Ja'Kai Polite. Like, the people who fall in love with the game and fall in love with the process, and I know people who know Chauncey Gardner-Johnson really well, uh, 7-on-7 and all that kind of stuff, he loves the game. And that's so infectious in these interviews that there's a coach somewhere who's got his board and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, six or seven on that board, and those other ones are taken, and he's going to sprint that card up there. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Chauncey Gardner-Johnson isn't one of the biggest risers on Thursday. I actually think Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, of everybody, that might be the guy the Gators might miss the most this upcoming season. Agree. Yeah. Uh, a lot of guys turn pro. You knew Chauncey Gardner-Johnson was ready. But that's going to be a void in the Gators' secondary. And then finally, Jawan Taylor. I guess a two-part question about Jawan Taylor. It's our final conversation before Thursday. Your thoughts on Taylor and do you think he will be a Jacksonville Jaguar on Thursday night? No, I don't. I don't think he'll be a Jacksonville Jaguar. I think Jacksonville is going to go defense um, or tight end. Uh, I know there's going to be a lot of people listening to this after the fact, and so I'm going to go and throw myself out there. I actually think Jawan Taylor could be one of the ones that fall. Oh, okay. I think he could be a late teens pick. Um, just the more film I watch on Jawan Taylor, the more I just go. <sighs> now, that's not a Ja'Kai Polite thing. I think he loves the game. Yeah. I, and I think, I mean, look, and you had, you had the great story that I didn't know. The kid lost, like, what, 60 pounds? Yeah, yeah. Everything's there. I just – man, he doesn't seem like a dominant guy that you would want to take in the top ten. And and I kind of bought into the hype, and I recently started watching a bunch of film on him, and it's just like, man, he gets beat inside a lot. And and once somebody gets their hands on him, they control him a little bit. And just, just some things – and I'm certainly no offensive line expert, but I know this. He ain't a top ten guy. Mm-hmm. Not in this draft. I mean, if he is, and that means somebody really needs an offensive tackle, and they just consider him to be the best of a very bad offensive line draft. For me, I, I'll take Dillard and I'll take Little before I take Juwan Taylor. There are certainly other Gators that will get drafted. Fred Johnson actually had an oversight. Let's do an honorable mention, Bosan Joseph. I don't know. What do you, I mean, I don't, I don't. I think we talked about this a little bit last week. I don't know. I think he's such a package player that if the right – team likes him a lot and they've got the right defense for what he fits in then maybe he goes fourth round fifth Mm -hmm. round but as far as success in the nfl i mean i think it's going to take the right system might be a three four outside linebacker kind of guy maybe a i don't know lawrence timmons s kind of guy and that that's be you know at the highest ceiling maybe a lawrence timmons yeah like we said last week i mean he just disappeared for weeks at a time at florida he'd have a huge play and then you'd hear nothing 
And then have a huge – which usually when that happens, um, it takes certain matchups. It takes certain style offenses that fits those guys' style. And the NFL is pretty much one or two different styles. If you don't fit in one of those, then you're going to have a hard time. Of course, you get Denny every weeknight on the sports den alongside big game James Coleman, 1010XL, and 92.5 FM. I do it every week. One of my favorite parts of the week right now, Denny, really excites me. What is coming up on the sports den for the remainder of the week? Uh, no idea. No idea. <laughs> we get here at 8.50 and we just throw it together. We just roll. Just roll. We are having – actually, I'd lied. Tonight we've got the boys from Performance Enhanced Jags Talk. Okay. This is an annual thing we've done. They are insanely accurate, by the way, on their mock draft. Oh, good. Yeah, so they're going to roll through tonight, Tuesday night, and they're going to spend about an hour with us. Going, They do a full seven-round mock. Not, yeah, no, I've seen it. I've yeah. seen it. Yeah. yeah, so they're going to roll through. They're fun dudes, man. So, uh, that, actually, I know we got that this week. You got Denny on uh, Sports Den alongside James Coleman. You got me on XL Primetime alongside Matt Hayes, Joe Cowart, and former Jaguar Leon Searcy. Denny, we'll be back, review the NFL draft, look ahead to some more Gator things next week on Gator Bites. Looking forward to it. Yes, sir. For Denny Thompson, I'm the hacker Ryan Green. Thank you for listening to Gator Bites right here on the 1010XL.com podcast network.